Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. My guests this week are Megan Heffern, an actor you may know from Winona Earp and Unreal, or from her work in films like Red Rover, The F Word, or Home Sweet Home, and Wendy Littner, a writer and producer whose credits include The Beaverton and the web series How to Buy a Baby, which stars Megan and Mark Ben David as Jane and Charlie, a Toronto couple doing their best to maintain a healthy relationship while struggling with infertility. The second season of the show just arrived on CBC's Gem Service last Friday, and I've been a fan since the first season. You should check it out. Megan and Wendy picked To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Susan Johnson's 2018 high school dramedy starring Lana Condor as a high school junior named Lara Jean, whose world is turned upside down when the letters she's written to five boys she's crushed on in her life are mysteriously mailed out. To diffuse the tension with Josh, the neighbor who also happens to be her sister's ex, Lara Jean invents a fake relationship with their classmate Peter, and that's when things get really complicated. Released on Netflix just about a year ago, To All the Boys I've Loved Before took over the world in, like, a weekend, rolling on a mixture of 80s teen comedy nostalgia and genuine sweetness, and, obviously, an appeal that transcends generations. This is someone else's movie. I just really wish that I had had that movie when I was a teenager. I found when I was growing up, all the movies uh, in the teen genre all were like, you know, the... uh, can I swear on this? Sure. Oh, the asshole guy, you know, the, the like athlete asshole guy. And then the girl changes him or the girl's kind of a loser. And then she like has a big makeover and then the guy likes her or like the girls are mean to the girl and then she changes or she feels bad or ashamed. And in this movie, I just felt like both the main characters, the male main characters were nice and good men already and didn't need to be changed and I felt like the leading character the leading lady was you know so confident in her different and it didn't matter what anyone said about her and I loved how she didn't have to change anyone and they didn't think she was a loser and it was just I don't know it's really and I love the diversity casting um and they didn't you know try to tokenize it or you know over sexualize it or any of that Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I was so excited to watch it. Um, I also connected to her. She had lost her mother, the main character, when she was younger, and um, I lost my mother as well, uh, not when I was quite as young um, as Laura Jean, but just I really liked the way they sort of dealt with loss and its effect on relationships, mm-hmm. like even in a teen movie, and I always feel like it's always like, I've lost my mom, and now I'm this like, hardened person and and, and I just I've who's not allowed to talk about their loss and I like that she was in a relationship and was like yeah it's really hard to lose my mom and I really miss her and I just really appreciated that because you sort of feel you need to be like oh no I'm cool I'm fine everything's good and it's not it's really hard mm-hmm. so yeah I love that too yeah there's um there's a sense of I mean there's a sense of style more than anything else that there's a confidence in this film that I haven't seen in in you know, teen movies or, or the the standard. I, I'm trying to figure out how to package this so I don't sound like I'm knocking young adult targeted movies because that's totally a thing. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate genre at this point. But they all seem to be very twinkly, very voiceovery, very. This was the biggest thing that ever happened to me, mm-hmm. and all of that is here. But it's also presented in this kind of lively, charming, engaged way. The, the film is open yeah. to 
the pleasures of the genre. Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, older people like me. <laughs> oh God, if you're older, then I'm ancient. Like, a lot of people in their ooh, a lot of people in their thirties, I think, are really loving it. Yeah, and and you know, kind of being nostalgic about how it's similar to the movies we grew up with, but just far superior. Yeah, so well, it's a sense it. of nostalgia with like yearning for us to be that age and to seeing that when we were teens. Right. I yeah, I have uh, younger nieces and so I wanted to ask her opinion too what she thought about it also cuz I want to be the cool aunt. Like <laughs> I've seen all the I've seen all the cool movies and I was telling Megan that she loved um that he put his hand in her back pocket which we we know from 16 candles right. but to her is this like new and <laughs> i just like, yeah i love so wholesome yeah. that that's the like that's the height of you know but i like, also love how like before that yeah. happened they had an entire discussion about consent consent yeah. yes which you never see i in thought it was teen movies there's like you know consent and just yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, you're, you're right. We didn't really have movies like that when we were no. younger. It is. It's always the and asshole we were, guy. Yeah, you always have to change. We have and to change them. She and takes then, off her glasses. And, and she's, then she's beautiful. The queen. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. But yeah. can we talk about how gorgeous her outfits are? Yes, because they're amazing. I love a good outfit. In yeah. This, this was I, like, a, like a new clueless level of wardrobe, I yeah. felt. I was trying to figure out, I admit, I have very little experience of, of um, high school fashion in movies these days, other than the like the two films that I've seen this year, maybe Good Boys and a couple of others that have high school characters, but they don't focus on it. And then those things are those films are trying to be more realistic and Largine is constantly expressing something and after about half an hour I have to admit I figured it out it's like oh I see she's actually indicating how she's feeling and what she's doing but it's kind of overwhelming at first I have to admit it's it's sort of a stylistic choice that's just like oh I don't recognize any of these things are those are those feathers are those flaps on her shoulders like what's going on I don't know but it was I just love how she had the confidence to to just wear whatever she wanted and then when she was called out on maybe looking different she was like I don't care I don't care what you say about me. Yeah. Just love, like, where did she learn that? Yeah. Like, where, where do you learn, learn that? that? And how do I learn it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was that was really incredible, too, with her shoes. She's like, this is the way I take up space, and this is the way I want to look, and I just really love that. Yeah. And I never got over the, I never got over Clueless. I never got over those outfits, so I felt like this was sort of like a nice iteration, new, new love, yeah, yeah. homage to Clueless outfits. Yeah, even the, um, how can I put this without sounding like a pervert? Uh, the, the <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Yeah, the, the nightgown, the nightdress she wears at one point, they call attention to it. Like, you just came down in your nightgown. But it's made of sweatshirt material. It looks comfortable. Like, it's not some big, strappy, elaborate thing that you would get in a 90s yeah. movie where the seduction scene is happening. It's just people clothes. Right. When she needs to be functional, she's completely functional. And that turns out to be the biggest moment in the movie. But it's so... I mean, the sexiest moment was definitely the hot tub Well, that's scene. it, right? Like, they're setting it up, but they're setting it up in the least sexy way imaginable because yeah. she's actually being much more nervous and, but, and Yeah, right. Which sort of goes to the heart of what Megan was saying is that they don't sort of, like, amplify that this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in her life. They sort of... It's just normal. It's yeah. just like, yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah. which I think is... Yeah. And spoilers for people who haven't seen oh, it yet. Sorry. They, no, no, it's fine. Yes. I'm going to spoil. They don't have sex. Because, again, they're children. The children movie gets that. I love that. I just wish that this movie was around when I was, like, 13. So would you you, you write a a letter to the boys that you loved then? I just inspire you. I love that she did that. (laughs) I probably, I actually have done that, so. Is it, yeah, I think that's. I, I, I always write letters. 
Some good, some bad. Some I send, some I do not. Yeah, I love that. And I want to go and write like, can I make? Can I make it like all the so like retro emails that I? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I want to like yeah. After the fact, now write to all the boys I yeah I ever loved. You should. Yeah. Still examine. looking for Kaylin Ruckman. Kaylin Ruckman, are you out there? Last I heard of you, you were in Nanaimo. I don't know. <laughs> my grade seven boyfriend. Oh my god, he's gonna show up at your door. No. It's. Mm. It's kind of a great premise, right? Like, as, as, as these things go, uh, Jenny Han's novel is... No, I, I want to read the book. Yeah, I totally understand how, you know, it's kind of like a fluffy teen movie. It just really, like, brought to attention so many problems that we had when we were growing up. Is it the confusion? Is it the lack of consent? The, 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 the lack of... I think I just have been re-watching a lot of my favorite movies and just being like, oh, those don't hold up. Yeah. I will say, though... Spice World <laughs> holds oh, up. Does it? Oh, I yes, gotta go they're back. like girl Thank power, God. feminism. Right. All about yeah, that. I remember an interview with them saying they were the original Margaret Thatcher, and I just, <laughs> I love that. Spice World holds up. You're go rewatch it. the first it. person to say this. I have heard this before. It's the weirdest movie, but I I just actually rewatched it a couple days ago, oh, and I'm, I'm into it. Delighted to hear it. Yeah. All right, I gotta go back and watch. I, all I remember of that movie at this point is Richard E. Grant having the best time. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I saw it, what, 20 years ago? Did he play their agent? He's the manager. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has some crazy colored suits. Yeah. He's just, you know, clearly they paid for him to do whatever he wanted, and he did. And he He did. did. And Alan Cummings is in it. That's right. Oh, He's so young and like... Cummings. Yeah, he's great. I gotta go back and watch. Also, I mean, I love that... The, just the art of letter writing is such a yeah. lost art form and such a lost thing that we don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking that, do we write? Like, we used to write notes in class, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> they must just text now, right? I assume so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she has, hand, you know, she actually has penmanship. She, yeah. You know, yeah. Letters are beautiful and art-directed and yeah, everything so th- about it is just so mm-hmm. charming. Yeah, so yeah. did you like, were you a letter writer? Uh, a writer? Yeah, sure. I mean, God, we didn't, I, not... To any great length, I don't think. I think email brought back letter writing for me more than anything else. Once I had it in the 90s, I could start communicating with people who weren't in town. Right. Uh, I was more of a phone call person. A phone call. Oh, that's... Because, again, that's also something that's dead now. I I love a phone call. There are multiple people I call every day. Oh. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. It's nice. I haven't gotten a call from Megan today, but it's okay. I'll call you every day. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) I have a lot of long-distance friendships, so you have to keep in touch every way you know how. I love that. I had a pen pal growing up. Um, we were set up in grade four and wrote till, um, yeah, till university. And even when Facebook came out and we sort of found each other on Facebook friends, we still um, just the act of letter writing, I think, is there's just such an intimacy to it and pouring out your heart that way. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I related to that, just that, that as a teen. Oh, so enormous. And the letters that are saved up and, and revealed at the end, the notes, I mean, those are almost text, right? There's nothing that's more than two or three sentences, but they're almost more effective that way because they arrive all at once. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of the, the structure of it, I mean, I, I just, I'm really impressed by um, a movie that can actually surprise me uh, in any way within the genre that it's set out for itself. I mean, you know, I, I just saw um, Angel Has Fallen uh, oh. the other day, and it's terrible. But it's terrible in an absolutely familiar way. Like, there's no surprise to any of it. It's, there's no joy in the action movie stuff. It's just Gerard Butler clenching and opening fire on Gosh, things. That's how just... I felt about the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, we can do that if you want. I yeah. hated it. Me too. I, oh, I, that's I nice to hear. To be, 
Uh, Hated it. It's the, the total betrayal. I apologize to anybody tuning in for the, the, the bouncy Netflix movies. Like, why are they talking about the big people movie? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I have massive, massive problems with that. Yeah. And, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was phenomenal. And I will give him that. And Margot Robbie's doing some interesting stuff. But, but to have Margot Robbie in your film and not to utilize her to the maximum extent is just a... Yeah. tragedy. <laughs> I think it started in his head as a story about the neighbors, about the Pitt and DiCaprio characters, mm-hmm. and then he... I mean, I'm, I'm sure the whole thing started because someone at a party mentioned that they didn't know that they used to shoot movies at the Spawn Ranch, and Tarantino's like, what do you mean you didn't know that? And this is where the movie came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. But he inventing fictional characters to deal with a, an actual tragedy uh, is his thing, and then he gets carried away and starts deciding that he can change the world and, and rewrite history. And you know, like, and he the, loves to rewrite history. Oh, he does. And that's fine. But, like... I know. He, yeah. It's harder to... It's easier to kill Hitler in a movie, I think, than it it's is It's easier to, to, like, kill Hitler and, like, you know, scalp Nazis and do all that stuff. And then when you're talking about people who have been, like, brainwashed and manipulated it by, like, a horrible man and then, like... Had a problem with that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, massive, massive problem. That's how that. I feel about that. Wait, so movie. Hitler though wasn't in all no in Inglorious Bastards. No, he wasn't he in Love in fact before. The secret string puller of Hitler yes. mailed the letters. Hitler yes. mailed the letters. <laughs> Not the sister. It was Hitler. Which I is... actually kind of wanted it to be the older sister <laughs> in like a gesture of grow up and get out of the house kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, so cool that she goes to Scotland. Was it Scotland? Or yeah. Or yeah. That she goes to school. Yeah. yeah. I love that relationship. Western. Yeah. The relationship with all the sisters and the youngest sister is so funny. Yeah, she. I I really appreciate that she is a horrible, horrible bratty kid sister. Like, there's no effort to, made to redeem her. <laughs> no, she, even early on, she just says, "You know, mom died. When I was still eating mushy peas." She's she's not broken by it. We don't have that excuse. Like, oh, my kid sisters felt it the worst. She's just a bratty kid, and it's yeah. great because we know she'll grow out of it. She's got a good dad. She's got good sisters. But it makes her a character. It it almost made her the most vivid character in the film for me because. Weirdly enough, looking back, as soon as the credits rolled, I just realized they don't do anything else. These characters are really, if it wasn't for the charm of the performers, mm-hmm. these would be really two-dimensional people. Yeah, right. They don't have any other interests. They don't do anything. We know one of them. There's, there's that moment where somebody says, why are you with him? He's a jock. And I was like, oh, that's right. He is. A, that's a thing he does. He yeah, plays right. lacrosse. He's a jock. <laughs> but I love how he didn't come off jockey. Sure. No, no, he didn't no. come off jockey. Yeah. yeah it didn't have and those like, even, jock tropes. Even with the like, little confrontation that he had in the bathroom with his ex-girlfriend. Even that wasn't sleazy or, like, he wasn't even a jerk then. Right. You know? He's just, like, trying to get his girlfriend back, and she's trying to, you know, and this is, like, the best way they know how, but they're not doing it in, like, a nefarious? Is that a word? Yeah. Or malicious, right? Yeah. They're not trying to hurt Nobody, well, that's not true. Jen is absolutely trying to hurt people. But none of our heroes are. Yeah. The, The people we're focused on are all... They're they're decent to the point of uh, being willing to. Josh is willing to fight with him because he won't leave, right? Because <laughs> right. <laughs> she said you should go, and that almost that's the closest that the movie comes to any kind of real yeah. confrontation. And again, it's everybody trying to do like the best and most decent thing, which doesn't happen in teen movies no. even now. No. I mean, there's so many of them are about breaking rules and you know, transgressing and, mm-hmm. and growing up too fast. And everybody in this film is so dedicated to not doing I that. know, but not even in like a boom, boom way. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I just yeah. I just was so delighted. It was just delightful to watch 
and it was surprising and I watched it three times and I was like this is great every time and the music selections are great and I thought the directing was great and I I Megan I sense some sympathy for Jen from you I mean I was just like what's going on with you like what what's yeah, we don't What's really get too on? much information about You her. know what? There's a second movie and a third movie coming out. So yeah. do soon we'll find the out. scrunchie in it? Because I'd like to... That was left open for me. I'd like her to get the scrunchie back. She took that scrunchie. I assume that would have been a post credit scene if there wasn't going to be a sequel where she just shows up and, shows like, up and gets the scrunchie back. Yeah. It's a totem. You know, it's, a totem. it's one of those things where yeah. you see it, it disappears for, what, is it three months that it's gone in movie time? Because she oh, yes, gets it fairly right. early on at the party. Right. Yeah, and, and in that time, the ski trip. never was curious about the scrunchie. Where did it go? Oh, yeah, the ski trip. <gasps> yeah. yeah, that's it. It needs like one shot of him wearing the scrunchie, wearing the scrunchie. or on his arm or something, just to torture her. Yeah, just to, to playfully indicate that he still has it. Mm-hmm. I just want to know: Are they still going to be together? They have to be. Don't in the they? second yeah. movie, although it's high school movie, so maybe yeah. senior year they might not be. It's yeah, you know, Netflix is really coming through with these teen movies. <laughs> Like, Sierra Burgess is a Loser is a wonderful movie as well. Okay, I gotta watch. Yeah. I'm so excited. I have to admit I haven't seen it. Um, I don't see yeah. most of these. It, it's weird. They sort of go past me. I'm yeah. the one who covers another life when it comes out and have to watch 10 hours of that. And Gosh, I just love teen movies, I guess. Yeah. But I see Noah Centino. Centino? Is that his yeah. last name? Mm-hmm. I just think he's so charming. He, he was, yeah, I thought he was wonderful. And I just have such a large crush on him. So anything he's in, I'm like, yes. I yeah. watch that. He's a great energy. And you're yeah. right. He doesn't have that, like, to- no toxic. There's no toxic, no toxic masculinity, masculinity anywhere, you know? Refreshing. Even though he's, like, very tall, very strong, very athletic. You know, he's got all the, the ingredients for a toxic masculinity yeah. situation, but doesn't go that obvious route. Yeah. And I noticed as well that there is no conventional bully villain character to represent the bad thing. You know, the, we, we don't, we're usually given a contrasting example in these movies mm-hmm. where you see one, like a Biff Tannen or somebody who embodies the worst of it. That's everything. what I'm saying. And there isn't any of no, that. They're the, just like a nice, like, nice guys. Yeah. yeah. And the girls too, well, with the exception I mean, of Jen, who who clearly has a button but isn't like, yeah. a monster. She yeah, she's not friends, a monster. Right? She's not depicted <laughs> as, a, as a terror. Um, but the yeah. the moment you do confront it is the mob scene, right? There, there's the sort of the ingrained behavior that pops up every now and then. People who applaud when they get on the bus at after the ski trip's over or the, the people clustered around the locker. And that's when like, I felt like the movie was really commenting on that is that kids now will only do this stuff if they're encouraged by each other, like if they're unconsciously replicating old behaviors. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what the teen movies were always doing. Mm-hmm. And a new generation gets to break that, which right. I'm hoping and I yeah. kind of admire. Right. I found the resolution kind of interesting too that it's like, oh my God, this video's on the internet. It's like, her sister contacted Instagram yeah. and got it taken off. And I was like, well, isn't that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, under the child porn restrictions. Like, yes, which under is... the child porn restrictions. It was sort of just a throw. I mean, like, it's, yeah, you can't post it. that stuff on Instagram. It is child pornography. It, yeah, it is. But it was so innocent. It. Like, it nothing was, actually really happened yeah. in that hot tub. But they just handled it so daintily, I felt yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, as, as, a, as a script point. As a script point. Like, like, I don't like, think it wasn't they this, wrestled with it. Yeah, you didn't see the phone call with Instagram. Like, the yeah, anywhere where you could have had this huge... Yeah, a moment of conflict. And yeah. Well, I mean, even the... It's all very, yeah. Yeah, even nice. the source of it is ambiguous. I, I kind of was hoping, based on the on the scene in the bathroom, that Jen wasn't the person who posted it because it would make it more interesting. Right. You know, if it was because of how the previous rivalry had kept them from actually understanding each other and they're, these are real people who are sort of trapped in this antagonistic relationship rather than 
genuinely hating each other. They're just kind of going through the motions. And when Jen is saying no, it's like, yeah, I really hope she didn't do that because it would make it like they're, they're in full view of windows. There's clearly yeah. a dozen possible suspects, but the right. movie's moving so fast that it doesn't really have time. Or maybe it comes out in the second movie that she did and she's like very conflicted about it and mm-hmm. maybe she feels terrible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's going nice. on at home with her, you know? Like, yeah. why is she so angry? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I did appreciate that. Uh, is it Lara Jean or Laura Jean? Sorry. Lara Jean. Lara, Lara Jean. Jean. Um, that she says to her, like, for a woman to do that to another woman is... Yeah. Like unspeakable, and I appreciated that. Yeah, that yeah feminism battle cry, and I love her little best friend too. Oh, her best friend's amazing. Yeah. And she can pull off a hat. I know. She's perfect. Yeah, in high school, who could pull off a hat in high and school? And I love that there was a whole scene where they're not allowed to eat, like go out for lunch. Like they have to eat <laughs> lunch, <laughs> right, and she's yeah. like, "I'm eating the subway sandwich, like <laughs> in secret <laughs> under the bleachers <laughs> instead of doing drugs or like subway sandwich." <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that's the big. <laughs> That's yeah. the rebellion. That's this amazing. This is practically a lifetime movie. That is, you're you right. It. But it's constantly subverting the expectations of the teen film. And by invoking John Hughes, who, you know, it's it's come out in the last few years, too, that Molly Ringwald has some real issues with mm-hmm. the sexualization of, of the teen characters in the movies she was in and, and how Hughes was sort of, you know, a problematic filmmaker at best in his depictions yeah. of teen sexuality. But also right. in, their, in his, like, him dealing with race— too, you know, like, and I thought that this movie, I was just really lovely how this movie didn't comment. I think they made one comment where Noah's character says, like, isn't that racist? Oh, yeah. And And she's like, it is. (laughs) Like, and it was about a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Long Duck Dong is an objectively (laughs) awful idea. Right. Yeah. Uh, Somebody kind of dealt with Mickey Rooney and Breakfast and Timothy's in the same way a few years ago in a comedy and just sort of blows past it and says, I love this movie. It has this tumor in it. But I love the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and you know, it really means something for a mixed-race teenager to comment on a racial stereotype and in a way that we aren't, like, thrown out of the movie to feel like it's the film making a commentary that um, it's just – it goes right past. And, and Lana Condor, who I just – I have only seen in stuff like Deadly Class and X-Men Apocalypse mm-hmm. where she's she's really fun to watch, but she – tightens herself in a mm-hmm. way. Like Deadly Class is almost a humorless character. She plays this Yakuza daughter who's there to learn to murder people. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea until I saw her She's in this. so charming. Like, oh my God, yeah, she radiates yeah. This, this easy, fun charisma mm-hmm. that I, clearly she can just turn off, which I find even more fascinating. Yeah. That's a great skill. What an actor. But she's wonderful <laughs> in this. She's in like every scene. She carries the whole mm-hmm. thing. She, yeah. she is different versions of Lara Jean to different people as it goes along. It's really, yeah. you know, it, it's what should be a star-making performance. I'm clear she already was, but... I wish that movie was in the theater. I truly do. Yeah, this is the thing, isn't yeah. it? The, the Netflix conundrum. Guess They're making, the, yeah, the Netflix conundrum. When they make something <laughs> truly great and then you can't watch it with a crowd. I yeah. mean, you can bring 10 people into your living room, but yep. the, the experience of seeing a film with 300 people who don't know what's coming, I just, I saw... Um, they do the occasional screening, um, you know, for the stuff they really feel has the prestige. Roma obviously ran for weeks at the Tiff Hall right. Lightbox, but they put out uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs into theaters, and, and um, that was fun to watch with an audience. But, you know, if it's not playing a film festival, the odds are you're not going to be able to experience this movie big. And, and this, like, it's a gorgeous film. It's shot, it felt like it was anamorphic, like they were using a specific kind of deep focus um, green-inducing lens. It was just a pleasure to look at. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. My dog didn't provide the same community. I think, no, they that, uh, didn't do. 
that a theater would. No. Dexter just wants to go out. He just wants to go out. The movie's on, and he's like, well, I want to go outside and yeah. look at the Lola's I like, I guess I'll just lie here and watch this I know. with you. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the energy changes, right? Like, if you're watching it, uh, my wife and I watched it together, and we enjoyed it, and we, I think we laughed out loud a couple of times, but it's not the same. Like, the, the spark is really different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say, though, I get a lot of anxiety in movie theaters. I do, too. I, like, need it to be so quiet. I don't oh. want to hear you talking. I don't want to see your phone. I can't handle like listening to people eat their popcorn. Like I have to go during the day to like an over 19 movie theater or else I just go crazy. And I, when I did see, um, oh, once upon a time, once a time in Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood, there were two guys that were clearly super high behind me and they laughed at everything like every yeah. every single line they were just laughing the entire movie and i was like my brain is gonna <laughs> pop off <laughs> yeah hell is other people in a movie theater it absolutely is yeah um i just yeah i'm, I'm spoiled i guess i have mm-hmm. uh, i have press screenings at 10 a.m and you're welcome that's to come nice. oh, <laughs> but, that's but it's you know 20 or 30 other people who are there to be you know, Be quiet like, and watch. And yeah, right. I'm like, we just spent $30 to sit here and eat our popcorn, and you guys are going to talk. <gasps> I know. I can't wait. The, the only time I can get behind it is if I'm at um, like a cartoon and there's kids, because I find that really sure. charming. Right. Um, well, it's not performative. Right? Like, no, just they're just like really response. excited to watch Aladdin or, you know. Yeah. Which is, also wasn't my favorite. No, <laughs> talk about that. Um, this has been a very disappointing year for $100 million pictures. <laughs> but... Yeah, this is an empire now too, right? Because there are two more films coming. Uh, Lana Condor announced it on Instagram re- fairly recently, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised because I I remember because it's Netflix again, and there's always another movie the following week. There's just this flurry of activity every time they put something out, and then it dissipates over the weekend, and you don't think about it anymore. I had not realized this had hit to quite that level. Yeah, well, I think the first movie takes place when they're all in grade ten. And I think the next movie will be grade 11, and then the movie after that will and be... The movie they graduate. Will be like the 90210 reunion where they come back. And <gasps> right. I've been watching the 90210 <laughs> reboot, and I, I love it. it. I'm yeah. totally behind it. <laughs> I missed out on 90210 when it came out. Like, I just, I don't know, it just sort of blew past me. I missed it, and I've, I've had FOMO ever since. I just think they're just taking the piss out of themselves, and I love watching that. So they've gone full they've got su- they've, Oh, yeah, but they've got such a sense of humor about themselves. And they're actually fairly great actors, all of them. Right. So they do it really well. Right. I know. I, I feel left out. It was just a th- yeah. It was a cultural phenomenon that, that missed, missed me. And, oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. I had. To, I got like really into the reboot because it's like I'm. It's not gonna happen again. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna be plugged into another like, two and oh. so The have. CW one. The CW one. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. The other one. The other one. Yeah. Is but, it satisfying? No. No. It's terrible. This is what no. I mean. But this one is different because they're like. It's like right. a meta. They're playing themselves doing a reboot. Right. How do they deal with the Luke Perry thing? He passed away. Yeah. In, in yeah, the, yeah. How do they handle it in the... Very lovely. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was It was well done. So it's kind of like the Seinfeld Curb Your Enthusiasm. I guess it, it sort of seems like that. Like it's a... Kind of, yeah. Talking about you, like them as themselves talking Yeah, like Tori reboot? Spelling is kind of trying to make a reboot happen and they're just like, no, no, no. Okay. Um, and then they're all just playing heightened versions of themselves. Sorry that we started talking sorry. about no, no, that's Beverly Hills. No, no, sure. Everything, everything, <laughs> my fault. My fault. I'm sorry. Everything is relevant. Trust me. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that's the magic of the show. I watch far more television than I do movies. I do too. Is it just yeah. that there is so much more to watch now or is it just more I digestible? Guess. I just have a lot of free time. So I just 
watch a lot of television, I guess. I, I, I prefer television as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The longer investment in the characters? Yeah, the I, running I, I guess I get yeah, very invested, unhealthily. So when I finished Friday Night Lights, I sobbed because the I lights understand. went out in, um, oh my God, Dylan? Yeah, the lights went out in Dylan. I think that's the name of the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Six Feet Under ended, I uh, I had to like take a, an hour to myself and so really like contemplate what I had just seen. It yeah. was really traumatic for me. With television, it feels like they're like you, they're more your friends because you're watching. Yeah, over they're time, in your and they're in your house. They exactly, they week. come to visit every week. So, yeah, they feel it feels like more of relational than. But then when you're watching, when you watch it, when you binge watch it, it's like you're even that much more invested because you. I can sometimes watch an entire series and. Two days. Yes. I mean, I completed all of RuPaul's Drag Race in two months, <laughs> like 13 seasons. Amazing. I'll have to finish it, and then and then I'll have to, like, Google Google about it, too, because I'm not done. I want to read about it more. Yeah. Well, yeah, how do you deal with that when you're, when you're catching to an older thing, and it's been discussed, it's in the world, you know, it's, it's I already, just avoid. Really? You can... Yeah, but I also don't mind spoilers. Mm. Although, I did not spoil Six Feet Under for myself, and... I think that's why I was so traumatized. Oh. I didn't think I was like, "It's not going to be a, a twist." Well, there isn't, but my there's God, no they twist. Just heap but it's the stuff. It is the most amazing series finale I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Wendy! Oh, I know. It's such an amazing so investment I need to watch. Oh, I've missed out on so much. <laughs> it's okay, uh, guys. You should kick me off the podcast. No, 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 no. It's not I someone else's television series. You're good. You're good. You saw enough. the movie we're talking about. That's all that matters. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way to hook back into the whole YA thing and how like this does the, the movie subverts it so gracefully by just not caring like if it conforms and I think that's the thing the, the other thing too is that it wasn't until um, you, uh, until you mentioned that the uh, Lara Jean's entire uh, the boots thing and the hostility and the, and the and the sense that she's being judged for her outfit. Then I finally put the other beat together. All the time I was watching it, I was thinking about Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. And it's an unfair comparison because that film exists in a stylistic world mm-hmm. of its own. It's sort mm-hmm. of already sending up the '80s in 1999. But that's it, isn't it? Because that the Julie Stiles character, Cat, has also lost her mother, and that's why it was just pulling at the I back guess. of my brain. Julia Stiles also did not give. AF. Yeah. No, no, she's an incredibly, I mean, Taming of the Shrew, right? She's supposed yeah, to be angry. Yeah. But that movie holds up really well, I have to say. I haven't seen it, but I, I imagine it does. Yeah, I saw it not it too long too. ago, and it felt like the other thing that I briefly thought about is the, in, in the, in, sorry, it felt like the other element of it that I briefly thought about watching um, to all the boys is that the father is a gynecologist in both of them, or an OBGYN. Um, oh, right, you're right. Because John Corbett yeah. sends her off with the bag of of condoms, of condoms and yes. uh, Larry Miller has the whole bit about put on the suit, put on the pregnant belly yeah. to oh. make yourself feel what will come for you. What will come right. And that was the only real connection and I sort of, it pulled in the back of my head while I was watching it and then I threw it away because I got reinvested in the movie. In the movie. But that's definitely the thing that I'm connecting to now. You're right, you're right. It's like, almost like the film was trying to take aspects of a lot of different um, past teen flicks and just kind of making it mm-hmm. updating it and making it, it yeah a little bit more but it know. does it does subvert the genre which i always love it does subvert the team mm-hmm. the team romance i think we tried to subvert the rom-com mm-hmm. oh i think so yeah i mean it's not even really that much of a comedy like it doesn't have a bunch of set pieces or broad laugh out loud moments it's just this sort of character-based 
comic tension yeah. that runs through because it is a well, real slow motion farce. Yeah. Right. I just find that a lot of the funny moments in a lot of teen films come at the expense of women and people of color. Yes. Sure. And yes. I just, Historically, yeah. yeah yes. And I just um, hate that. And I've been a part of projects that have the, the humor has come from, you know, punching down, punching like punching down women and, and like making fun of that. So I just, I like how the funny moments in this movie didn't have to do that. You know, yeah. smart. It's smart That's a comedy. Great observation. Yeah. Yeah, it's all earned. I mean, we're laughing at them. We're laughing with them more than we're laughing at them. But when we do laugh at them, it's because of who they are and who, like, who we understand they mm-hmm. are. Right. And I just, I really, really love how the lead female was Asian American. I just, I really, really like that. And I just, I hope that that continues on where we have a whole assortment of different leading female. For sure. You know, and we're seeing more of that on, on Netflix especially. Yeah. But, was uh, it wrong though that I wish that they went all the way and made her dad as well? I was but like, I kind of liked how it was like a mix. A mix of, you know, I, I mean, I don't, as a viewer, it, it didn't. But yeah, it would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, if it or had not. been Asian parents and Asian kids, I don't think that the nature of the story changes that much. But the mixed thing just opens it up a little more. I guess more, it adds right? an extra like layer. It, yeah, like it, and it just—it was never really talked about. Mm-hmm. It was just like existed, and that's what I like to see. You know, and I did a film with Kara G called Red Rover a couple of years ago, and um, she's First Nations, and I know she really appreciated it. How it also wasn't spoken about, like it wasn't commented on. It just existed in right. the world that we were all in, and it didn't matter. Yeah. Um. I mean, it matters, right? Right. But it. Yeah, there's a. F- it wasn't there's a like moment tokenism. Where it sort of flares up when they discuss her character's history. Yeah. Where it comes up, but it's not. She's not the magic. Oh, have you seen the movie? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she talks about it um, with Christian's character at the carnival. Yeah. She's talking about her father, but yeah, and you know, and she was the. It's just nice to see um, different leading women. Yes, absolutely. Of all different, and Strong even in Sarah Burgess is a loser, like. You know, that type of a leading woman. and you know. Maybe I just had a problem seeing Aiden have teenage daughters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Feel old. That's, yeah. another, that's another point that we can deal yeah. with. Yeah. He does have a... It's funny, right? Corbett has come so far from that. That was really... It was that and Northern Exposure were the two big roles he had in the I, 90s, yeah. right? But now he's 20 years on. Uh, nobody blames him for the My Big Fat Greek Wedding sequel, which I think is good. <laughs> but he is that reliable kind of go-to... Dad. Casual he is, dad guy. Yeah. Casual dad. Yeah. And he's good at it. Yeah. But yeah, when you think about the connection to Sex and the City, that adds a whole other different level of reference for this, for too. For this. Yeah, that's true. Just that he's carrying that legacy with him and, and that history for the for the parents who'll be watching, because clearly the kids aren't gonna know. Right. There was one John Corbett scene, I don't know if you remember this, where he's like getting into the car and he's talking to her, and it's just they hold a close up on him for so long, and I'm like, Did you not have coverage? Because this feels very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> the scene with the condoms where he's handing her the bag. I don't know. He's I forget he's what they're talking the about. The early driving lesson, maybe. No, oh. he, they're talking. He's like leaving for the weekend or something, and he's talking to her. Maybe it is about the condom, but the, it just holds, it holds on, on him, him for so long. <laughs> but I do appreciate when they show kids talking to their parents about sex. I, I think it's amazing. I, I love it. Normalizing that. It's important. I think, yeah, I think that's how really else important are they supposed to know that they don't make it this, and also that they did it not as this like. Let's sit down and have yeah. this really important discussion that it was also him. Oh, yeah, she wants to flee the car. Yeah, yeah. dropping she her off for the ski Obviously trip. very embarrassing. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah. It's yeah. just, again, you know, treat the characters like 
sensible people, even if they're hormonal idiots. Right. And by that point, I think the movie has earned its audience's trust that they're not going to undersell it or, or, or just make a, a joke out of this. That This is actually, it's going to be funny because the discomfort is there on both sides. And we've all seen the version of that scene, but then having her just take it like, yes, I know, I have rubbers now. Yes. Just make her mad and legitimately angry. That's great. Yeah, it didn't lose its credibility. Yeah, she gets to be herself. Yeah, she gets to be herself. And it didn't make a big deal about virginity either, which I liked. Yes, because I find it's like good observation too. Yeah, cares like this whole virginity thing is just needing to be magical. Yeah, it's like it's like women can't lose their virginity, but men have to lose their virginity, and I'm just over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, in teen movies. uh, Yeah, I was about to say it's like yeah, in teen movies, you know the the it's like if the girl loses her virginity, it's like she's a slut, and we're gonna put it on Instagram, and you're you know such a Right. Whatever. But, you know, when the man character loses his virginity, it's like, we got to lose it now. We got to lose it now. And they become really cool. And Yeah. Well, they make yeah. entire films about them. Yeah. They make entire films about I have been in those and, films. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. And right. they don't really, I've, maybe, I'm trying to think, Superbad has sort of, has dated terribly because it's, oh, super you know, bad. of the adolescent attitude. Super bad. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that both, that both of the male characters end up in situations with the female characters, where the boys and the girls end up respecting one another rather than right, groping each true. other. That's a tiny, tiny step forward. It's a glimmer. And mm-hmm. that was 10, 12 years ago. So maybe now... There are we're... so many films that do not hold up. It's frightening. Even films from like four or five years ago. Yeah. I saw, I watched, rewatched Age of Adeline with Blake Lively. Oh, I never did see that. Oh boy. <laughs> like, I remember really liking it, seeing it, and then I watched it again because I was done all, binging all my TV shows and... I was like, oh, he's, like, stalking her. Like, he will not take no for an answer. I'm like, that's weird and not okay. Not okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's no stalking in this film, which is nice. I mean, sort of reverse stalking, if anything, because she's confessing love to people that she's never spoken to about Mm -hmm. it. But it's still, it's, you know, for all the talk about consent, the letters are sent out without her consent. That's the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Whereas everything else is an attempt. Every person who gets a letter is actually really decent about it. All three boys. I know. They're all, yeah, they're all good nice. about it. You know? Like they yeah. don't. And I love the – oh, my gosh. I love when the character like came out to her and the washroom. He's like, I don't yes. know if you know this. I'm gay. And she's like <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, and later on, someone else says, no, everybody in school knows it's fine. Yeah, Yeah, it's okay. It's like, wasn't a big deal. It's like all the things that are usually a big deal in YA movies just are like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Did we all agree that the spin the bottle was very accurate, too? I love the... I love the chase little kiss felt. Yeah, that everybody. <laughs> Gosh, I remember playing. It. Everybody, everybody knows they shouldn't be doing it. They they're just be caught up in it, the whole yeah, peer pressure also, thing. Yeah. I guess that's the closest we get to peer pressure in the movie, right? Yeah. Other than that, she the, the him, cheering and the. It's still yeah. just this cute little sweet thing, and it's not, yeah, overly dramatized. And yet yeah. it turns out somebody's been holding a grudge about it for years. For years. Which is also kind of believable in a way. I think it's believable. I went to my high school. I I hold a lot of grudges to things that happened to me in middle school. So, yeah, yeah. more so. It's so funny. More so than you do as an adult. Yeah. Like, why oh, yeah. is that? Well, I guess they're just so young, blazed into is, your mind as yeah, being. It's the first time you felt anger, right? Yeah. The first time you've been betrayed. That stuff stays with you forever. It stays with you forever. Yeah. I had a boy in middle school ask me to go like go study or whatever, and then for one day, and then the next day break up with me. <gasps> no. And then a week later, he'd ask me out, and then he'd break up with me. And he just thought it was so funny that <gasps> I would keep saying, yeah, even Aww. though I knew he was going to break up with me. Oh. And I'm like, young Megan, where's your self-respect? 
Great. Oh, I know. I had the same thing, grade eight prom. After Ugh. the prom, he asked me to go out, and then the next day he dumped me. I'm going to call you out right now. I know. Trevor Juba. Benji Stern. <laughs> You're on Arya Stark's list. I would, like to, <laughs> I would like it now that I have never done anything like this to anyone I've ever known. I feel like a good person now. That's better. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Sure, and when and and yeah, when you're in, a kid, you're dumb. Like most children, male and female, are still figuring this stuff out. And I think the best thing about this movie is that it lets you see the mistakes happen, and it lets you see people fix them. But are you mm-hmm. saying I have to forgive Benji? Oh I, no, no, you I want to be clear that. that I don't carry that in your heart. Okay. Thank you. you. Have a character named Benji. Throw him off a building every time. It's fine. <gasps> That's a great idea. You should. <laughs> Benji Juba. Benji Juba. <laughs> Season three. Yeah. The villain. Your new pitch and the show, new Benji show. Juba Keeps Dying. Benji like Juba that. Keeps Dying. That's a great name for a series. Right? I would watch that show. Oh, I love that. Thank yeah. you. Not Thank you, guys. Thank the writing you. process is so hard, but not what. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. Thank you. But to that end, the, the question on the podcast is always about, you know, like, how does this choice express itself? And I'm not seeing a lot of To All the Boys I've Loved Before in How to Buy a Baby. But if there is resonance or if there's – I mean the, the thing that I was thinking of because I was desperately working and trying to figure out how I can connect it all. <laughs> oh, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 this fun. was my pick. This I was like, the... let's pick the fluffy teen movie. This I love is the it. fun part of the job because I my whole thing is about making connections between stuff. And I couldn't come up with one except that How to Buy a Baby is ultimately a really optimistic show about people processing stuff that should destroy them. Mm-hmm. And there is sort of a connection there. Yeah. And not destroy them in a – you know, a catastrophic, horrible way, but the same way that the loss of a parent eats away at, at these characters or has eaten because they're all coming around and, and figuring out who they are by the time we meet them. How to Buy a Baby is about the, the, I mean, it's about the struggle to redefine yourself when an avenue is closed off, but you still want to go down that road. I, I think that's, Aha. yes, I know that's, that's so beautiful and so perfectly said. I think that's exactly it. I think it's all about like everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to be seen. And I think How to Buy Baby is like that too. Like I think Jane wants to be seen even though things aren't working the way um, she thought they were. And I think it's, yeah, it's about the love between them. And I feel like um, the movie is sort of like the precursor of that. It's the same thing. Like Laura Jean wants to be loved and she wants to be seen for for who she is, and so yeah, you said it much more artfully, but and they're but, both yeah, both I think the characters are unapologetically just themselves. Yeah, like Jane is just unapologetically like neurotic and yeah. kind of like ah, all over the place, and you know, Lara Jean is just a confident little lady. Yeah, and doesn't apologize for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both vulnerable and so, trying to be vulnerable. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I am large. Yeah. Right. And the outfits as well. And the they outfits both have and the wardrobes. So you're saying one day I'll get to meet Noah, whatever his name is. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. For sure. Chalamet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Santino? I think oh. you should write him a letter. <gasps> oh, yeah. That's how it starts. I'm too yeah. old for him. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better, Yeah, I'm a trying different to think of a link. button here. You can play younger, he can play a, older. Play, yeah. Trying to think of a, yeah, a link. No, but the link is always love. It's always love and wanting love. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, given how incredibly cynical that title sounds, and that's part of the pitch, right. it's a really warm, positive, and and I find very endearing show. And I've just, you know, the first season is this sort of great pinwheel of guest stars and, and actors and and. An attitude, and um, I'm just thinking, like in my head, and it's like, let's see, Molly McGlynn directed the first season, yes. Adriana Mags directed the second. They've yes. both done the show. Uh, 
a whole bunch of people have passed through that have all just had this weird spirit of the show in them and like this weird infectious thing that it is. And um, to the point where uh, Marilla Wex, who, who's a friend. Yes, uh, I love Marilla. Casually, oh my offhandedly she's... said, oh yeah, I'm playing a, an adoption therapist or an adoption counselor. Uh, she's a nurse. A nurse. A nurse and, fertility uh, nurse? She's a fer- yeah, at the fertility clinic. She plays That's a nurse and she does it perfectly. She's yeah. amazing. Sorry, yeah. it's been a year or so since I saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. But, but the way she explained it to us was, oh, but I, my character doesn't like children. I just put that in there. Yes. It's like, yeah, of course you would. That's yeah, exactly what that. the show is. Yes, yes. She does it She does it so perfectly. And yeah, it's does just, the same thing to every couple that's supposed to be like trying to help them feel at ease. But when you you can tell it's a script. It's a job. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just a job. Yeah. And that sense of allowing everybody to inhabit a character, not just the, the principals, but everyone who comes through has a story. Right. Uh, in 10 minute chunks. Right. That's, Kind of cool. Oh, thank you. Oh, the loss. Yes, you brought the loss. I think like Lara Jean has lost her mom and they've sort of lost the idea that they're going to make a baby the fun way and how that impacts your relationship. <gasps> there we go. There you go. Got brought it. it around. I brought had, it around. I had every, I had every confidence in you. <laughs> yeah. We, but we, yeah, we had so, it, I love the description of a pinwheel. That's, that's what it felt like is that it, yeah, it just, all these people add to it and it mm-hmm. makes it so colorful and Bring, they bring I'm their own excited because a lot of the same guest stars are coming back. Oh, great. And we have some, we have new, some new, really ones. exciting ones. Okay. More pins to the wheel coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. And are there, like, is there a conclusion in this season? Is it open to a third? I mean, do you, do you, are you at liberty to discuss this sort of thing? Uh, I think it's open to a third. Ooh. I think, yeah. I think it's open to a third. Please, have a, third. Please have a third. Please have a third. It's my favorite. So. It's one of my favorite things to, to I do. Hope so. I love I love writing. I love I love writing for Megan. I love picturing Megan acting it and it's 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 so incredible to be able to write with somebody in mind. It's incredible. Oh, that's great. That's really oh. lovely. That's nice, Wendy. Like it's the nicest. <laughs> we hate each other. Also, you can't see, <laughs> but Megan it. speaking of what outfits, Megan is wearing a frill that I feel would be very Laura Jean Laura Jean esque. I feel like this is very Jane. It is. It's very Jane. It's very yeah, except for maybe very, Jane yeah. would have like a cardigan over it. It would have a cardigan, over or like it. a brooch. Yes, Jane had the best outfits. I got oh, to keep some of them. It was pretty great. Really? <laughs> yeah. I will. I begged to keep some of them, and then I harassed them, and then they let me. Does that happen often? I mean, did you get to keep widow stuff from Winona Earp? Oh my gosh! You oh, know what? You? The yeah. costume department on Winona Earp was awesome. They let us keep one piece from our character that we really wanted but they let me take two. <gasps> what you pick what you pick well you do play two characters um i have the i actually wear this top a lot but it's um like a lace oh yeah you're the, the lace, lace top yes, the lace yes. top that i think i wore under something um so i i got that and then like a floral dress the purple one with the with the flowers, flowers on I love it. That yeah Sorry. Sorry, Norm. What was No, you? no, no. I'm perfectly happy to hear that about Winona yeah. Earp. For that was the Winona Earp about, ones that I... Yeah. 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 So, so no, I'll sorry, always have Widow Beth with me. Yes. I actually feel like maybe at the next convention I do, I'm going to wear one of my Widow Beth outfits do it, <laughs> and yes. see if anybody notices. Absolutely. They'll notice. I'm I hope you sure notice, Earpers. <laughs> You'll notice. <laughs> my thanks to Megan Heffern and Wendy Littner, who are rightly proud of the second season of their web series, How to Buy a Baby, which is streaming right now on CBC Gem in Canada. The first season's also up there, too, so you can and should start from the beginning. Thanks also to Anna True. She knows what she did. You can find Megan on Twitter at Megan Heffern, all one word, and you can find Wendy on Twitter at Wendy underscore Littner. 
but you should definitely be checking out Megan's Instagram feed, which you should find at Megsiehef, M-E-G-S-I-E-H-E-F-F. You can find To All the Boys I've Loved Before streaming on Netflix all around the world, of course. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you feel like leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you enjoy the show, that would be greatly appreciated. Every little bit helps. It truly does. And check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network. The big story has become essential listening for me every weekday. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. See you next week.